Dear eternal and everlasting Father, we come to you this morning, God. And Lord, we just say thank you. For it had not been for your goodness, it had not been for your mercy, God. Where would we be this morning, Father? So God, we don't take it for granted. And we realize, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we're all living by the grace of God. Your undeserved favor that you show forth towards us. And God, I'm so glad that it's rooted in your love for us, God. So God, we pray as we preach your word this morning, that not only will it just penetrate the ears and the intellect, God, but they will get down into the heart. And that, God, yes, we as your people would be moved with compassion to do the work in which you've called us to. Father, thank you for all that you do, Father. Thank you for everything that has been done in this service thus far. We're asking, God, that you'll bless your word. That you'll bless us, your people. That we will receive your word with gladness. God, we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and thank God. On next month, there's going to be a historic event that's going to happen here, right here in the city of Detroit. It has been labeled the showdown in Motown. There's a lot at stake. There's a war that's going to be waged. The battle lines have been drawn. Warning shots have been fired. And what this war is, it's a war for workers. It's called the UAW contract negotiations. Now understand that this negotiation is not about cars. It's not about the plants. It's not about anything, company brand name or anything like that. What this negotiation is really about is about the workers. Because understand the fact that the workers are the greatest asset of any company. It's not about the cars. The cars are wonderful. They give us, provide us with good use. But we wouldn't have the cars if it wasn't for the workers. And there's a great need for good, skilled, quality workers. And understand that this is not just a UAW issue. Did you not know that there's a need for workers in the church as well? You see, because, because UAW workers will produce cars that really does not have any life of, of themselves. Cars are great. We need them to get around. There's not a whole lot of value in a car. As a matter of fact, it uh, diminishes significantly the moment you drive it off the lot. But what I want to talk about today is workers in the vineyard. You see, because what workers in the vineyard produce is they produce eternal life in the lives of others. And there's a great need for that. There's a great need for it. I mentioned to you today that God confirmed this message because the message is dealing with outreach and going outside of our four walls. After speaking to Reverend Register on this week, I got excited about the work in which God wants us to do. All kinds of ideas began to pop in my head of things that I wanted to do. And throughout the week, God has been, with no uncertain term, been showing me that, hey, you're in the right area. I received a call this week. I, 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 I was playing church secretary this week. And I received a call. It just so happened, this is the day that I'm in the office 
from a, from, from a woman, and I believe that she's in the service today, that needed to hear a word from the Lord. She called and said that, listen, I live in the neighborhood, and I need to know what time your Sunday school starts. She didn't say regular church service. She said Sunday school. I, I, I don't want you to miss that. She wants to be a part of Sunday school as well. I said, and we have an 11 o'clock service. I said, well, listen, if you come, make sure after church you come up and introduce yourself to me. God showed me then that there's a need for a prayer line, an opportunity for people to come to the house of worship throughout the week to receive prayer. And we want to train people on doing this. Because I think that sometimes the people in the pews think that the preachers and the pastors are the only one that can get a prayer through. But there's some folk out there in them pews who are prayer warriors that know how to get a prayer through, that know how to minister to somebody. And so that's what we want to do. But understand this church, not only that, but on my way to church this morning, coming up Southfield, I noticed that there was a van that was sitting in the North Campus parking lot. And so when I pulled into my driveway, I called one of our security staff. I said, can you please go down and see what's going on down there? And so he went down and he talked to the lady and she said she wanted to speak to the pastor. Well, guess what she wanted to speak to me about? Outreach. She wanted to know what we're doing here for outreach because she wants to be a help. She wants to be a blessing to us in outreach ministry. And understand that this is a call to service for us. And that's my text this morning, my, my, my title this morning, a call to service. A text will come from the Gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew's ninth, the ninth chapter, begin at verse number 35. And it reads, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. This is Jesus speaking concerning this world in which he himself created. And really what we see here from Jesus is his observation of what he sees that this world needed at the time. Understand that the church has not been established yet. All he has right now is his 12 that are with him. You know that the, the whole theme of Matthew, and really in particular this verse right here, is about the kingdom of God. And I think that we need to focus on that a little bit this morning, is the kingdom of God. Far too often churches get caught up in what we have here, the material. We get fixed on this building. And understand, the building is wonderful. And this is a wonderful place for us to come in and to worship God in spirit and in truth. 
But understand that there is a greater work outside of these four walls that we are to do. Now listen, listen, some of you are waiting for us to put together some outreach plan, outreach ministry, or some evangelism ministry work. But you have the unique ability to start doing evangelistic work right now. You don't have to wait on no program. You don't have to wait on some ministry to to get you going. Because if you have been born again, then you're like Jesus. You begin to look around and observe, see what's going on around you. Because if you open your eyes enough, you'll see a need. The the, the problem is that a lot of times, most Christians want to see no evil. We, 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 We don't want to open our eyes to anything other than what we want to open our eyes to. And God says no, because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, and it won't let me just see what I want to see. find it hard-pressed to just walk past somebody that I have the ability to help. And understand, listen, I'm not just talking about people who are asking for money. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't, we don't just arbitrarily just give our money away to just any and everybody. But what it means is that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit tells us to stop and to share or to listen to what someone has today, did you not know that most folk out there just want to be heard? They they, they, they want a compassionate ear. And this is the demonstration that Jesus showed here because the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. In other words, from the bowels, from the depths of his bowels, where love resides, Jesus was moved and compelled to help somebody. My my, my question to you is, when is the last time you've been moved to help somebody? When, when, When is the last time the Holy Spirit has nudged you and pushed you And you grieved him because you would not do it. So listen, this is about getting the rubber to the road here. I don't think this is going to be one of them shouting sermons. Because I'm calling you to service. As a matter of fact, God has called you to service. And I would be remiss if I did not share with you what God has placed upon my heart. Too many of us are still just sitting on pews. Too many of us are just sitting at home on live stream. And God has called you. How how, how can you help anybody if you're just sitting? if you won't come outside of your comfort zone. Understand, listen, these these suits and ties and dresses, and that's the material stuff. That's time we need to put on some work clothes. Yeah, 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 we need, you know, something that's not that cute. Because we we, we have a tendency, when we're looking good, we don't want to get dirty. But understand, yeah. Understand you can take off these clothes. And I'm speaking metaphorically. Understand that we have to get the work done. And God works through people. Throughout the history of mankind, God has always used people to accomplish his will in this land. The problem is, what's, what's your problem? There's a lot of ministries that need support. I'm looking for some fresh new deacons to add to the deacon board. The securities team needs some help. It, it, It don't take a whole lot of skill to be a security officer. And what you don't know, we can train you on. 
There's so many ministries that need help. There's so many ministries that are being held up by, by the faithful few. Too many people are still sitting. We need mothers on the mother's board. Here, here, here's the deal, because when we get people up and active, it gives the church more life. You see, because a lot of times the church has an appearance of being a dead church when there's no moving parts in the church. And the last thing that you ought to be one known for is to be in a dead church. It's more than just shouting here on Sunday mornings. How are we affecting the community in which we're in. No, no, listen, understand this, that, 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 that the community that we're in is not a community that perhaps need us to feed the, home, the, the, the homeless or, or anything like that, but there are communities that are outside of this community that we can be a blessing to. There's times that we gotta go beyond even this community. Because if there's anything that we know about the city of Detroit, that they need, the city of Detroit needs some help. It needs some spiritual direction. And where are they going to get it from? Because the streets will beget the streets. If you're already street, it'll t turn you even more street. Listen, listen, this is what, this is what I'm talking about. I've been pushing prayer meeting. As many people that are in the sanctuary right now, it's a shame that our prayer meeting is not where it needs to be. But let me give you this, because of the faithful few that are in prayer meeting. I was in prayer meeting on Wednesday. And we were praying for our young people. After prayer meeting, Myself and Deacon Locke and a few more people were sitting out on the benches out front here. We were just talking. Lo and behold, there were four young men that came walking up into the parking lot thinking that they could pass through to get to the park. Well, I met them in the middle of the parking lot. I said, well, listen, you can't get through. But we got team ministry that's going on downstairs. Would you like to come down and be a part of it? Well, one of them did not have a shirt on. Whereas two of them didn't have it. One had a shirt in his hand. But the other one didn't have a shirt on. And his buddy said, well, hey, I got my shirt and I got a jacket. You can put my jacket on. So he put his jacket on. They came into teen ministry. Hello. It don't stop there. I'm going to tell you the God that we serve. What he's setting up. I turn around. There were three other friends that came and joined us. That made seven of them. I took them downstairs. They were in the team room. They were amazed by all the things that we had done. They were just blessed by it. So I let them play the games for a while. And then I told them, listen, I need you to huddle up. There's something that I want to talk to you about. And I sat there and I shared the gospel with them. I inquired about salvation. Let me tell you something. These young men, and I don't know if they're here today, but they were inquiring about, can we come to church on Sunday? I said, by all means, I said, what do you, I said, this is what this is really about. I reassured them that, listen, you will always come here and you can have fun and be safe here. This is a safe place for you here. This is what I'm talking about, church. It all begins with prayer. Look at the text. The text tells us right there. He said for them to pray that the father would send laborers into the vineyard. So everything that we do in terms of ministry, outreach, work, is going to start with prayer. But here in this text, Jesus is observing. Jesus is watching. 
And understand that Jesus is not just watching the folks outside of the church. He's watching, what are you doing about it? You see, you leave here and you go home. You put your Bible on the shelf. And you forget about everything that has been preached. Our responsibility. Listen, every last one of us, every week should be inviting somebody to come in here with us. I, I didn't get many amens there. Did you hear what I said? Every last one of us need to be inviting, whether they come or not, I mean, that's up to them and God. But you should be at least inviting them to come out to the house of worship with you, that they might receive the word of God. And so that's my challenge for you. Knowing that Jesus is observing, knowing that Jesus is watching, what are you going to do? Hear the text that, that Jesus was moved with this compassion. Jesus had this overwhelming pity for them. And we are to do the same thing. We're to have the same compassion for the lost. How, how, how can you love the lost if you don't, I mean, if you, how can you win the lost if you don't love them? If you don't show forth the same intensity that Jesus did. Listen here, this, this word for compassion in the Greek does not mean it was just an emotional state that Jesus was in. When it talks about being moved with compassion, it was a driving force behind everything that Jesus did. So you say you're compassionate. But what are you doing? What, what, what has the Holy Spirit moved you to do? Some of, some of us have neighbors that we, ain't, we haven't even spoken to about our salvation. Because everybody is your neighbor. Some of us have co-workers that we've not shared with them the gospel message. Listen here, as good as the gospel is, as good as it is to us, this church should be packed. Because who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? I, to, I, to, I told you, we, we, we're preparing ourselves for this. We, we, we've gone through the first training. And that is your Christian character. What do you represent? How do you let the Holy Spirit work through you? Getting rid of that meanness. Getting rid of that vengeful spirit, that bitterness that you have. Letting the Holy Spirit come in and heal those wounds that you had, those past hurts that you've had. The scripture said it. It says that when you when he comes upon you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, ye shall receive power. That word power is dunamis power. It's where we get the word dynamite from. And you know, if you put a little fire to a dynamite, you know what happens, right? Something got to move. Something's got to move. If that dynamite explodes, something's blowing up. And this is how we are to be as Christians. We have the power. But what are you doing with it? What, 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 what is it accomplishing? Listen, I'm not, I'm not promoting Macedonia Baptist Church. That's not what I'm doing here. But I know that this is a catalyst where people can come and receive the word of God. The reality of it is that you should already be and share the word of God before you even brought them in here. When they come in here, they should receive confirmation of what you've already told them. And more importantly, what you've already demonstrated before them. So here he said that Jesus was moved with compassion. 
This is his observation. But he goes on to say, it was because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And all of us can identify with that because all of us at one time was weary in this life. Before you came to Christ, you were weary. You wouldn't have come to Christ if you hadn't recognized the fact that, Lord, I'm weary. I, I need some, something fundamentally wrong with me, God. How many of us have tried to get it together and we couldn't? I know that I have been. I know that there's times that I tried to work it out and fix it out and, 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 and prop it up and it just kept falling down and collapsing on me. But it wasn't until I brought it to Jesus. It wasn't until I came into a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And even in Christ, I still struggle with some things. But God, hold me up. Because I've been called into this service. This is, this, this is, this is not like the call of Uncle Sam. I, I, I served in the military, but it's nothing like this right here. What I did in the military was limited. But the service that I'm in now is limitless. Why? Because I serve a limitless God. And I'm, I'm, I'm fishing for souls. That, that, that's what I want to see. I want to see souls saved. I'm not necessarily looking to, to increase the membership. That'll happen if you're doing what's right. But the more important thing is that we fill up heaven with saints. So Jesus observes it. Anybody know anything about sheep? In a shepherd's relationship, sheep are totally dependent upon the shepherd. And likewise, we as sheep are totally dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the great shepherd. Nobody can shepherd you like Jesus Christ. Because he cares for the sheep. He loves the sheep. He tends the sheep. He protects the sheep. But when it comes to town to reproducing sheep, he sends the sheep out to reproduce sheep. Sheep reproduce sheep. The shepherd does not reproduce sheep. But our role is to go out into the vineyard. Jesus observed, his second observation is that the harvest is plentiful. In other words, there's a whole lot of work to be done. Here when Jesus speaks of the harvest, he's speaking metaphorically of a coming judgment that God is going to bring. And whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, judgment day is coming. And I don't understand how we can sit by idly knowing that God is going to bring judgment and there are folk in your own family that are unsaved and you ain't even really concerned about them. Because if you were, you'd be sharing this with them. There are far more unsaved, unregenerated people in, their, in this world than there are saved folk. And 80% of the, the saved folk are just sitting down and doing nothing. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you because Jesus is watching. And I, and, I, and I know that you don't believe that. I, I know that, 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 that because you cannot see it, because, you don't, you know, because Jesus is showing mercy, you, 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 just, you just don't buy into that. But did you not know that you're going to have to give an account on Judgment Day? I'm going to have to give an account on Judgment Day. I dropped the ball on some things. I know I have. And so what are you going to do? 
Hey, listen, the, the harvest is plenty, plenty of harvest out there. There's plenty of opportunities out there. So the first thing we see is that Jesus' observation. The second thing we see is that Jesus creates an opportunity. And this is where we come in at. The harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of folk out there that needs the word of God. But there's only a few folk out there. This is what the text says. But the laborers are few. If the UAW can fight for contract workers, for workers that will work the line to build inanimated vehicles that have no life, here we are have been charged with the souls of plenty of people. If we would just get up and go into the vineyards. But it's going to take us praying. The number one thing, the person you need to pray for, you need to pray for yourself. That God will give you the people that he has assigned to your hand. Each and every one of you has someone that has been assigned to your hand that you can be a witness to. And that's one of the things that I pray in my morning prayer day. God, I don't know who I'm going to encounter today. I don't know who I'm going to engage today. But God, let me have a right now word for them about you. I'm with Jesus on there. I'm looking. I'm searching for opportunities to be a blessing. And to bless them with the word of God. To make sure that they know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus has always been concerned about the loss. For he said that a well man does not need a doctor or a physician, but it's the sick that need it. And people talking about the church as a hospital, no, the hospital needs to be outside these four walls. You need to be encouraged in here. You need to be built up in your most holy faith. Because let me tell you something. You may be going some, through some stuff right here in the church. But it's far better than a whole lot of folk outside of this church. Just the mere fact that you're here, God has brought you here, is a testimony that you've been blessed by God. Because you have an opportunity to come in here and share with brothers and sisters in Christ and receive the word and continue to grow in his grace. So he's observed. And now the opportunity is here. The invitation is here. The calling is here. You've been called to serve. Not to sit. And we serve an awesome God. That, 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 that should just compel us to want to uh, be in his service even the more. When we, when we look at how awesome he really is to us. The song said, for your goodness and your mercy. If we don't have any other motivation to do anything. It ought to be based on the fact that God has been good to us and he's been merciful to us. That's our greatest motivation. Because here's the deal. God has been faithful to us even when we lack faith in him. Did you get that? God is still always faithful. The good thing is that his faithful is not predicated on how good we live. It's locked in his love for us. That's what it's locked into. Again, who wouldn't serve a God like this? But judgment is coming. And understand that it's not only the unrighteous that will be judged. 
Each and every one of us going to be judged about what we've done in these bodies. There, 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 there's going to be some things that you've done that's going to go up like smoke in heaven because it was done for the wrong reasons. There, 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 there's no greater injustice than a missed opportunity. Here it is. You have an opportunity to serve the Lord. So, so we have the observation. We have the opportunity. But what is the outcome? The outcome is that people's lives will be transformed. There's no greater thing for me than to see God before my eyes transforming the lives of individuals that at one time was hellient, was deviant, cutthroat, but now they're upstanding. They're on deacon boards. Some of them in the pulpit now. But if we miss the opportunity, then we'll never get the desired outcome. I'm shooting for those folk. Those ones that are outcast. Those that are rejected, despised. That's our mission. And not only that, it's our commission. Because all of us are co-laborers in the gospel message. It's all of our responsibility. Stop laying it all on my shoulders. It's all of our responsibility. All of us have been called to serve. And that's why I want you to take this evangelism class. Because we're going to be running with this ball. We're going to be running forward with this ball. Because this is what Jesus wants. It's what's needed. Is to reach the unchurched. I told you. That there are going to be some people that don't, that don't look like you. That don't do things the way you do things. There, 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 there's some people that are going to come from some backgrounds to where they're going to need some help. There's some circumstances and situations that people are in. We're going to have to bring them out of it. We're going to have to assist them. And you can't do it with your Sunday come to meeting church clothes, folk, clothes on. You have to put on your work clothes. You know, there, there, there's a dress code in the plant. You can't, you can't just go in the plant and look in any kind of way. They'll turn you around and send you right back out of there. But if we're going to do the work, if we're going to do the work, we must have the right heart. We must have the right mind. We must have the skill set. We must have the training. And we're going to take care of that for you. But there's absolutely nothing that I can do about your heart. That's your responsibility. Will you surrender it to God? And for his work, for his glory, for his purpose. I'm praying that you will. Because listen here. If I have to do it all by myself, I'll try. I definitely will. Because it's personal with me. It's in my heart. It's, it has become a burden for me. And I pray that it becomes a burden for you as well. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I say, okay, Pastor, let's move on. Let's move on. You know, you're beating a dead horse. Let's move on. But that's the truth of the matter. You need to understand this. This is a mandate. This, this is not optional. This is a mandate. Jesus Christ being moved with compassion. It was his compassion that he had that drove him 
to Calvary's cross. He paved the way. He made the way. He took all of the heavy burden upon himself. When it came to Calvary, he didn't ask for your help or my help. Because he realized that any help that we give will be rendered useless. Calvary was something that he had to do all by himself. And so when the fullness of time came, Jesus Christ himself stepped up to the plate. He said, can't nobody else do this, Father, but I know that you, you birthed me, you brought me into this world for this very purpose. And yes, they did. They arrested him one Friday. And they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. Took him before Pontius Pilate. Down to Herod. Herod sent him back to Pontius Pilate. And at the end of the day, Pontius Pilate's testimony was, I find no fault in this man. This is a man that knew no sin. But he became sin for us. Yes, they convicted him to a Roman death by crucifixion. Before he even got there, they beat him with a cat and nine tail. Beat him till he did not even look like a man anymore. This is birthed out of his compassion. This is what drove him to Calvary, was his love for us, his compassion on us. Again, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Yeah, he went on up the Via Della Rosa, Mount Golgotha, where they nailed him in his hands, nailed him in his feet, pierced him in his side, hung his head in the locks of his shoulder, and he died on Calvary's cross. He gave up the ghost for you and for me. But that's not how the story ends. Because if he had not wrote, we'd still be in our sin. The Bible declared that they put him in a bald man's tomb. Stayed there Friday, Saturday, but early on Sunday morning, something began to happen. There was a rocking and a reeling inside of the grave. And it was my Lord and Savior that was about to rise from the grave with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. And I'm grateful for that. Because that same power, that dunamis power, he gave us when we received his Holy Spirit into our lives. He rose with all power, heaven and earth in his hands. And right now he has ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand side of the Father. And he's praying for us. But understand, not only is he praying for us, he's observing, he's watching. He's going to come back for his church and set up his kingdom here on earth. And the Bible says that if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. And I don't know about you, but I want to reign with Jesus. That's why I don't mind suffering down here. I don't mind going through a few things, some light affliction down here. I don't mind that. As a matter of fact, I glory in it. Because I know it's working patience in me. He's coming back. But until then, he's called you and me to service. Will you answer the call? Will you answer the call? And if you're already a servant, it's time to get up. It's time to start working for the Lord. It's time to be a blessing. Why? Because this is a call to service. Make your calling and election sure. Make sure you are a disciple. Make sure you are walking with Jesus. Because that's what he wants us to do. The door to the church is up. Please stand to your feet. Is there one? Come at this time. If you want to be a part of a movement that God is doing. This is the church for you. 
God desires. Amen. Amen. Is there another? There is room at the cross. Is there another? Jesus Christ is calling us to serve. Amen. You may be seated. We pray that you'll sit prayerfully. Amen. Amen. church to Pastor Minor and the entire Macedonia church family. We have coming Teresa Dow Dale and she's coming as a candidate for baptism. We also have coming Piper Foster, which is her daughter. She's coming as a candidate for baptism. As well. Ma uh, Madison Dowdell, which is her little sister, she's coming by Christian experience from Florida, Sinai, Zion Hope. Amen. Amen. Let's church say amen. Reese, God bless you. See, I know her as Reese. Man, this is, <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me a hug. as a candidate for baptism and I know that you're ready I know that you are we've been waiting on you you've been coming I've been, I've been seeing you in the place and church this is what it's really all about it's not necessarily about growing membership but it's getting people to understand that there is a Christ that can heal every woman that can fill every boy there's nothing that God can and there's nothing that he's willing to do for you. God desires that. And so we are. We're going to have you go with uh, Deacon Williams. Uh, and he's going to have prayer with you. He's going to take you through the scripture, through the verses, to lead you to salvation, along with you as well. Okay? All right, all right. And you as well. You're going to go as well with him. He's going to have you fill out some paperwork and everything. And listen here. On the first Sunday, we will be baptizing you. Amen. Amen. All right, God bless you. Come on, lift your hands. Give the Lord some praise in this place. I know that there perhaps are some more people and I'm praying that God will move upon your heart that you answer this call that he has for your life. And understand that, that life without purpose is empty. You need to understand what your purpose is for. It's more than just coming to church. It's more than just coming to Sunday school. 
There's a magnificent, powerful work that the Lord wants to do in each and every one of our lives. I'm going to ask, is, is, is Brenda, is her name? I'm going to ask you to stand. This is Brenda. We had, we had a conversation uh, this week, and I pray to God that we'll continue to have even more conversations. Amen? All right, God bless you. Listen, church, put your arms around her. Make, her, make sure she feels welcome. Don't let her leave out of here without feeling welcome. Amen? All right, if all hearts are satisfied, let us stand. Those that desire prayer, come down to the throne of grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. I don't know what you stand in need of this morning, but if you're like me, you need something. I don't pretend to be a prophet, but I know that you stand in need of something. And this morning, I'm standing in agreement with you that God will open some doors for you. And for others, he'll close some doors. But I'm asking that you, you ask in faith because that's what triggers God is the faith that we have. You've been healed because of your faith. You've been delivered because of your faith. It's because of our faith. So let us go before the Lord. Dear eternal and everlasting Father, we come to you this morning, God. We thank you and we praise you, God. For God, you've been good to us. We know that, Father. As a matter of fact, we are the evidence of your goodness, Father. Just the mere fact that we're here this morning, God, that we're in our right mind, is a testament that you've been good to us, Lord. 